Hello and welcome to the Intuitive Heart Healer podcast. My name is Valerie McLaughlin and I'm your host for today's podcast. And today we have special guest Ursula Duffy back to finish our series with the Ascendant Sun and Moon. And today we are going to be talking about the moon. And that means we are going to be dealing with some emotions. I hope you guys are all ready for this lovely ride. Welcome back to the podcast, Ursula. Thanks, Val. I'm excited to complete our three-part series. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to complete it, but also sad that it's coming to an end. I'll have to come up with more. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and just in case somebody's new uh, listening to this podcast, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I am Ursula Duffy, and I live in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and I am a professional astrologer and certified aromatherapist. And through my business, Ursa Alchemy, I offer all kinds of astrology readings, and I combine the two disciplines into astrological aromatherapy, and I create custom blends for astrological events and for clients as well, based on their birth charts. And yeah, I'm uh, very happy to be doing this work and I love working with people and that one-on-one is my favorite. So doing readings in particular. Yeah. And I always recommend if you have not had your chart read, I highly recommend it. Um, You will learn so much about yourself and your life path. And uh, it's just, it's just so amazing to kind of look at it. And every time we talk, I always learn something new or see something new within my own chart. Mm-hmm. So, and today we're going to talk about the moon. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what the moon represents in your chart? Last time we talked about the sun <clears throat> and we touched on how the sun is one of the two luminaries. The other luminary in, is the moon. And the moon means how we emote. It relates to our emotions, our intuition, our sense of safety and security and what makes us feel at home. The moon can relate to our dreams, uh, in particular, our mood. (laughs) So we'll get into that a little bit later, but pretty much how we flow and how we kind of shift and change throughout our lives, throughout our day. I mean, hour to hour, sometimes it's, it can be different. Mm-hmm. The moon re- can relate to food and in particular, how we absorb and digest our food in our bodies. The moon also relates to our subconscious in the chart. It can be very much related to our mom or our relationship to our mom or even subconscious behavior patterns that we have inherited from our mom. And one of the things to remember with the moon is that it does not generate its own light. The moon is a reflector. And because it's constantly moving, it's the fastest moving quote unquote planet. It's not really a planet, but we'll refer to it as a planet. It's a shapeshifter. So the moon is constantly changing, which is why it correlates to the way that we flow. And for women, it can also particularly relate to our actual flow so there's an interesting thing that happens when one cycle syncs up with the moon 
And that can be with either the new or the full, depending on what we're creating and what's happening in our lives. And one of the other things to focus on is like we did with the sun, the symbol of the moon is the crescent of receptivity. So it very much represents how we intuit, how we perceive, how we receive everything that's going on around us. And in particular with a lot of people too, energetically. And then just to touch on uh, the cycle of the moon is roughly 28 and a half to 21, 29 days. And so that's why it's the fastest moving. It kind of whips around the chart, whips around the earth. It, it uh, sounds so complex. It is. Yeah, so it, interesting. It is. I mean, it's like, you know, we talked the other two, but this just, it to me, when just listening to you talk about it, and I heard it just like, oh my God, there's so many different layers to the moon. Mm -hmm. And does that have to do with the fact that it goes through the different cycles? It is. It's very much related to cycles and just that shape-shifting quality that shows up in our lives. You know, like I said before, day-to-day, hour-to-hour, sometimes minute-to-minute, depending, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to pay attention to the moon, to learn how to work with the moon. And I have some things I want to touch on a little bit later about that. So one of the things that we talked about last time was how the house placement kind of trumps the sign placement mm -hmm. of the, the planet in the chart. So um, with the moon, um, that is also the case, just like with every other planet or asteroid that we work with in astrology. And for the moon in particular, cancer is the only sign that the moon rules. So if you have your moon in the sign of cancer, that's considered a very strong placement because the qualities of the sign <clears throat> and the, the planet itself correlate and correspond to each other. Mm -hmm. With the moon, it's uh, strongest or said to be in joy in the third house of the chart, which I find very curious because that's the house that relates to communication, all forms of communication. So speaking and listening, uh, body language, intuition, how we receive that information from spirit as well. But one of the really cool things is the third house is considered the house of the goddess. Mm -hmm. And the moon is one of the only two luminaries planets that generally have that, that yin energy. So that mm -hmm. feminine quality that we can pull into it as well, yeah. which I find curious with the the goddess aspect and the third house also relates very much to our immediate surroundings. So what makes us feel safe and secure where we feel at home. That is, that is really interesting. Mm -hmm. is, is there a house where it's maybe has a little bit more challenges? Not a particular house, but there are signs. So we can touch on that as well. Okay. Um, like I said, the moon's very strong in cancer. It's also said to be exalted in the sign of Taurus. And because the moon rules cancer, like we said before, when the planet is opposite the sign that it rules, it's said to be in quote unquote detriment. So in Capricorn, there's a little bit more of layers of embodying the energy of the planet than there is in the sign where it's comfortable. Mm 
And then, so because it's exalted in Taurus, you could say that the moon is in quote unquote fall in the sign of Scorpio. Uh, um, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. The- um, And to, re to reiterate, that's nothing bad. <laughs> it's just right. more layers, more lessons as far as the way that the planet expresses. Yeah, wording that, you know, uh, wording that question as challenges to realize that these are just things that help you to overcome. Um, because, you know, I don't like to quote saying is it good or bad because then it always has that, whenever you do something bad, it always has like that, like a punishment kind of aspect to it. And it's not mm -hmm. really, it's to help you grow and learn about you. Mm -hmm. And some of the lessons you chose when you came into this world. Exactly. And that's part of like looking at your chart, you can also begin to see some of these lessons that you chose. Mm -hmm. um, so how about um, the phase of the moon in your chart when you're born, does that has an impact on your chart? The phase of the moon is very, very, very important. Also, multi-layered meanings phase in house and in sign so somebody who say has a moon in leo that's full might embody more of the expressive you know center of attention qualities of leo but if somebody has like a waning or even a dark moon in leo then that can that can express very 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 differently so there's a lot of layers here regarding the phase and then the house and then the sign and then and how the moon relates to other, every other planet, of course, as we've talked about before. And then if you were born during eclipse, I'm sure that's going to have a whole other impact. Yes, there's another layer there as well. So we can go into the phases one by one if you want and just a general description of what they mean. That sounds wonderful. Cool. So I was thinking it could be fun to start off with the phase that we're in right now. So we are in the last quarter phase or um, the third quarter square. So what that is, is when the moon has more light on the left side than it does on the right. You actually took a cool picture of it and sent it to me the other day. So if this is one of the times where the moon's kind of hanging out during the day, which I always find really cool. <laughs> yeah i love that i love watching the moon during the day it's like the light is just so different it looks like a cloud and you look at it and you're like oh wait no that's the moon yeah and that, that picture i took and sent to you the other day i've never seen it so clearly because the sky was so clear and so blue out in the desert and mm -hmm. like you you could see and, and i don't know if you could see it in the picture but just being out there and looking up you could see the whole shadow side. Oh, no, I couldn't see that in the picture. That's so cool. And I, and I just looking at it, I'm like, there's a little bit, there's more light on the one side, you could tell, but you could actually see the whole shape of the moon. And it's like, it almost like, oh, this could be a full moon, except for the half of it actually was shining a little bit brighter than the other half. Oh, wow, that's awesome. And I don't think I've ever remember seeing it like that. Hmm. a lot of times you need like a really good camera to capture the quality of the light yeah yeah 
phones never do it justice, unfortunately. No. At least in my opinion. <laughs> Every time I'm looking at it and I take a picture, it's like, it does not look like that to me. <laughs> no. As much as even when I tried, like, did he, the blue moon, the full moon, it's like, yeah, no, it just doesn't, you just don't get the beauty of it. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, okay, so the, um, the meaning of this phase in particular, it's called a square because it's a 90 degree angle to the sun. When we have squares in the chart, they show up as challenges, initiation points, things that kind of come up in our lives that are lessons to, once you learn about a square, a square energy, it, it, it is a challenge, but once you learn how to work with it, it can be one of your greatest foundations. So think about the corner of a room and the structure that that provides to the space. So energetically, that's an analogy that you can think of. With the last quarter, the, the light is, is getting less and less. So when we look at this phase of the moon in particular, it's generally seen as a challenge of integrating something. So if you kind of learn how to track the moon from new to full to new again, that is a 28 and a half to 29 day cycle energetically that relates to what's happening and how we're learning from these energies here in our human experience. But it's also very much related to kind of a repeating lesson on maybe something that we started when the moon was new. And then as it's coming around again, to see if we're, what we're doing with that practice or what we're doing with that lesson. And it's also a more general cycle. I like to work with the moon in six month cycles. So from new and full to full on the same sign. So this phase is, think of anything that you may have started when the moon was new almost a month ago. And then kind of where you are now with did you give up on what you were trying to do? Did you succeed in what you were trying to do? Has it become a habit or a practice? And are you integrating that thing, whatever it is into your life? Yeah, I was actually doing a really good job in the first few months of like really working with the moon. Um, I had practices in the whole cycle that I was working with and then it just all of a sudden I just like lost track of, of doing it. And I was like, oh, I was actually just thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, I really want to get back to it because I also want to see what it looks like in that whole six month cycle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, um, so we go from the third quarter or the last quarter square to a waning crescent which is that Cheshire cat smile that you see right before a sunrise in the morning. And that's more and more just the, the moon's losing light. So we can look at the reflection of the light as how the energy shows up in our life. So somebody who is born under this phase of the moon is generally somebody who just likes to give things away. Usually a ger very generous person. If you're anywhere in that waning phase, when the moon's losing light after it's full, it generally expresses this way. And then we actually don't see the moon for a couple of days. 
And that's what's called a balsamic moon. So in that dark phase, that can show up as somebody who generally likes to work behind the scenes. And then once we get just past the new moon, and the new moon is when the sun and the moon are at the same degree of the same sign. So that's an energy of a new beginning. And then just past that, on the other side, we have the waxing crescent. And then we get to the first quarter square, which is when there's more light on the right side. And we see it at sunset. And anyone with this phase, the general expression of the energy is a crisis or a challenge in manifestation, some, manifesting something in our lives. So we start when the moon is new, and then we get to this 90 degree angle, the first quarter square, and have we, you know, it's a week later, are we still doing the thing? So if you're born under this phase, that's generally a repeating lesson or pattern until you kind of learn how to work with the energy and push yourself to follow through and continue on with the thing. And then the moon's gaining more and more light. That's called a waxing gibbous. And that's just before the moon is full. So the energy translates as the moon is gaining light, getting bigger and bigger as an accumulating energy. So somebody who may like to study a lot of things or accumulate things or is learning more and more how to shine their light in the world and then we get to the full moon and what the full moon is is an opposition so 180 degrees so if you're born under a full moon there's generally some kind of challenge in balancing the masculine and feminine energies in your life it can also show up as a, a tension between mom and dad oppositions are points of tension they're challenges to balance the energy out so last time we said the sun can represent the father, the moon can represent the mother. And if there's an opposition or a square, then it can show up in your life as well as a challenge between mom and dad or, you know, parents in general. And then on the other side, as after the full moon, after like, you know, the, the day of the full moon, we st we're still in that full moon energy for a couple of days and then it starts losing light and then we get to that waiting gibbous. So those are all the phases of the moon. There's a lot. <laughs> there, it is a lot. If yeah. <laughs> know what the phase of the moon, is that in their natal chart? Yes. Yeah, if you, if you do one of their reports, it should tell you. I mean, I always touch on it just by looking at the chart, I know. Um, but you can find it in whatever software you use or anything if it has a you know description then it'll tell you what phase of the moon you're born under that's interesting mm -hmm. um and then the eclipse just add another layer absolutely yeah that's yeah so much to tell about yourself in this mm -hmm. and and I know later we'll touch a little bit on the degrees because that even adds to it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll get into that for sure. Just like we've done with the last two episodes. And then the one thing too with the eclipses. So a lunar eclipse happens on a new moon because that's when the sun and the moon are together at the same degree of the same sign. But we don't always have a lunar eclipse because lunar eclipses happen when the sun is next to one of the, the moon's nodes. So with the moon, we also have the lunar nodes. It's something else I work with in the chart. Very, very, very important. 
So whether the sun is at the south node, just like we had with um, last eclipse season at the end of last year, um, right now the sun's at the north node. So that's why we're in eclipse season now. We just had the, the full moon lunar eclipse last week on Wednesday. And then we're gonna have the solar eclipse with the new moon on June 10th. So whenever the sun's very close to a node, whenever the lunation comes around, that's when we have eclipse season. So south node is where our cup is full. It relates to all of the experiences and knowledge that we incarnate into this lifetime with. It can relate to our connection to spirit, to our ancestors. And then the north node is generally a point of soul's growth. Getting into the North Node territory relates to a lot of life lessons and life experiences that we've come into this lifetime to integrate and to learn, for lack of a better word. Um, but that territory usually comes with a little bit of fear, overcoming fear and feeling a sense of reward on the other side, like you've really accomplished something because you've achieved that lesson that your soul, you know, came here to learn and, and that growth. But it can also relate to if you're too much in the North Node territory, there can be an insatiability to it. Uh -huh. the, no the nodes are the head and tail of a dragon, the South Node being the tail, the North Node being the head. And I recommend everyone, if you want to learn more about this, just look up the mythology of Rahu and Ketu because it's fascinating. And that's also why dragon energy comes in with eclipse season. It's so funny because I was walking through um one of the one of the casinos here that i hadn't been in i think it was the alexardo it kind of reminds me of a a lego castle and they have they do night things there like night events and uh there is this dragon shop this was like a couple days ago there was this dragon shop and i was like wow that's really cool and it was closed and i was like disappointed but oh, I bummer. not stop. They have this humongous statue of the dragon. And I like, I could not like stop looking at it. And I walked back through on the way back and again, like drawn in and I didn't, didn't put the connection. I'm like, oh, not, you know, it's eclipse season is dragon. But it was like, it was like the dragon was trying to talk to me. <laughs> I was oh, like, cool. it was such a cool, it was like such a cool dragon. And, um, there is a lot of dragon stuff in there. And I was like, I just want to go in the shop. Why is <laughs> it have cool? to go back? <laughs> I know, I know. It was probably the only thing I would go back there for. Mm -hmm. But it was really neat looking. Cool. All right. So, and you can tell in your chart that you have an eclipse in there by where the placements of your north and south nodes are is that correct and the sun and the sun yes yeah you'll know if you're born during eclipse season if your sun is close to one of the nodes yes mm -hmm. well i feel like we covered so much already where we do did, we but there's here? more <laughs> uh kind of the correspondences if you want to go into those yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, so the tarot has a key, uh, the moon. And I find that one very much representative of the, the moon and the lunar energy and, and the element of water, because we also associate the element of water with the moon. Uh -huh. but the other key that's very interesting and also very closely connected to the moon is the high priestess. Yeah. 
So those two are, are fun to work with, especially if you have multiple decks and just to see what the artwork looks like or, you know, the feelings or intuitions that you get when you look at or hold the card are very interesting, very um, helpful to pay attention to just because the moon relates so much to our intuition. And then there's all the things that we cover with the sun. The moon's day is Monday, moon day. The element is, or the metal is silver. Some stones are moonstone and selenite. And the curious thing with moonstone is there's many different types of moonstone, mm -hmm. which is, you know, that shapeshifter type energy is kind of yeah. embedded in the crystal as well. So um, there's just regular moonstone that which has that really cool, almost dreamy quality to it where it's got those bands and they're all a little bit different if you get the tumbles and stuff like that. Yeah. There's also black moonstone. Mm -hmm and rainbow moonstone. So I find that that's really cool. And, and I've also seen a couple of rough rocks that have both. So they're black and white. Yeah. Moonstone's really interesting because um, it's a very feminine stone. Mm -hmm. So it will help you with um, like conceiving and things like that uh, and work with your sacral chakra but it also will help you tap in stronger into your intuition. So it'll also help with your, your uh, crown or third eye combination of both. And it works with both of them like really strongly. It's not like, it's not like when you get some stones, it's like, oh, this one's where like, let's say um, lapis where it's like that blue, it'll help with the third eye, but it'll also help with your throat like the moonstone I feel like it's like it can really focus on both of them at the same time mm -hmm. more strongly it's not like 50 50 or 80 40 if that makes any sense to anybody yeah, yeah that's and always does. my connection with that stone mm -hmm. yeah absolutely me too yeah it has that fluidity just like the moon does absolutely. that adaptability absolutely yeah and selenite's just so pretty like it just reminds me of moonlight when i look at it mm -hmm. yeah i that was one of the crystals i made sure i brought with me i have my selenite power in my hotel room to help clear the energy and i was like i can't leave home without this seriously <laughs> do you work with any of those val uh with dream work um, it, well, at home, I have a selenite that I actually keep next to my bed, which I will actually preference this because I've had this happen. Um, I've always been somebody that dreams a lot. And um, somebody had told me to put, you know, the selenite next to my bed or under my bed, also to help as also even as a protection. And it really has helped me sleep. But I have talked to other people who, when they put the selenite near their bed, it keeps them wide awake all night long. So interesting. Just, you know, it's everybody's connection with it is different. So if you do decide to do some dream work with it and you realize that you're not sleeping, it could be the selenite and you might have to go with something a little bit softer to start off with. Um, moonstone i think i have worked with moonstone before 
Uh, I've used moonstone so many different ways. Um, but actually, I have actually meditated with it on my third eye. Now that I actually, I can actually now see myself doing this. Mm. And I, if I remember correctly, actually information's going to come through is it was also helping tap into the feminine energy. I believe I was also working with um, a goddess that I was asking to come forward in the goddess. Um, uh. It is connected to Isis. Mm -hmm. The goddess. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I like to work with crystals. I like to actually, I keep a couple, I keep a couple around me when I sleep and I have one in my um, pillowcase, but the name is escaping me right now. Um, but, you know, they're, they're amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, getting back to the moon, <laughs> any more, uh, any other symbols or? Yeah, a few other correspondences are plant, plants. So most plants that hold water are associated with the moon. So think of things that are like juicy or that have kind of succulent, like big leaves. Okay. So a few are Melissa, which is also lemon balm and just like lemon, lime and the chamomiles are very much associated with the moon in particular uh, blue chamomile or German chamomile. The oil is actually blue from the process that's used to extract the oil from the flowers. And German chamomile is also the signature oil for the sun sign of cancer. So I find that to be incredibly interesting. And that's one oil that I'll always include when I'm working with um, creating a blend for a Cancerian energy. And then interestingly enough, because the moon generally has a coolness to it, so that the energy associated with it is cold or, or moist, depending on the phase, but that gets into the weeds a little bit. So uh, because with that lunar energy, it doesn't need much cooling, it can be very cool to work with oils that are warming. So the citruses in particular, also oils like ginger to bring that warm quality back to sort of with lunar energy, sometimes you can just kind of get so sunk into your emotions. Having an oil that's warming uh, can help kind of bring that energy back or get things moving. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. I would never thought of that way. Yeah with that but that makes actually makes a lot of sense mm -hmm. so where is the moon in your chart so my <laughs> moon <laughs> deep sigh <laughs> well it's actually funny because i so very much relate to the phase qualities in particular uh -huh. My moon is at 20 degrees of Virgo in my fifth house, and my moon is balsamic. So the fifth house of the chart is the house that relates to our joy, pleasure, creativity, 
it can relate to children, either actual children or things that we birth into the world, like our creative ideas. It's the house that speaks to our connection to our muse. And it's just the house of fun. So generally anything that I do on a very subconscious level, I like to make sure that there's some element of fun. Naturally, I am a very creative person, but I very much prefer to work out of the spotlight and behind the scenes. Uh So pulling in the phase and the house qualities there. And for Virgo, it's, so the energy with the moon of the sign expresses on a more subconscious level with Virgo energy that's generally the energy of being very organized. It can to an extreme be OCD or uh, very perfectionist, Uh which I can say I have embodied that energy in a lot of different ways. And I've learned through my study of astrology, especially that we are all perfectly imperfect and there's no such thing as perfection. So just to to speak to that a little bit, but Virgo is also the sign that relates to purity. So stripping things down to their most basic and whole part. It also relates to food and digestion and which also relates to the moon curiously. And it's very much about our health as well and cleanliness and having a sense of duty and wanting to be of service. And I definitely embody all of those things. So once I learned about my moon, I feel like I made more sense to myself Mm. because we talked last time about how I didn't really associate so much with the qualities of Libra and that being my sun energy, but my moon, very curious. The moon sign is extremely important. What about you? Oh, my moon is in the sign of cancer. Um, in my ninth house. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the ninth house, if I remember right, has to do with uh, like philosophy and foreign, foreign travel, foreign countries. Mm -hmm. Um, Has to do with your, your um, spiritual learnings Mm -hmm. and your views on the world, Mm -hmm. um, which yeah, really makes a lot of sense because of the, you know, the moon and the being in the way we talked about this with um, my rising in uh, Scorpio with feeling other people's emotions, um, being sensitive and having my moon also in Cancer adds to all that and the intuition mm-hmm. uh, and the the spiritual, but. Uh, yesterday i was actually asked like if i want a million dollars what would i do and i was like i would do what i what i see myself doing which is traveling the world um learning about uh the land and communicating with the land but bringing the um the healing through to help different areas of the world and learning different even learning different ways that around the country other people will um, learn to heal, 
you know, everybody does it differently and just like connecting to other healers, but like bringing it forward in, um, to all areas of the world mm. and connecting with that land. And, um, and just as, you know, going over this nine house, I'm like, oh, that whole thing now makes sense with mm -hmm. the placement of my moon in cancer in the ninth house. Um, yeah, very much. Yeah, it's just, uh, and the, it just embodying that. And it was something that, you know, for a long time, I didn't want anything to do with. So if, like fully embodying that. Um, I don't remember the phase of my moon. I know you've told me. It's a waxing crescent. A waxing crescent. Um, so I haven't really dived into that meaning of it in my chart. Accumulating experiences and knowledge would oh. be a great, yeah, exactly. It just said that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> perfect expression and then the other thing too about the ninth house is it relates to esoteric studies yeah yeah and and connection to higher self yeah um and it, and that that's a lot of you know what i've been doing is like i'm you know pulling the higher self in and the higher self healing um and even like the adventure i, I took the valley of fire it a lot of times spending just like touching the the sandstone out there and just connecting with it and just receiving mm -hmm. whatever information which i don't even know all the information i had already that i gathered while i was out there but i know that when the time is right it'll come through mm. beautiful and it's receiving it's being in that receiving part mm -hmm. which uh is a learning process in itself <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah so anything else we have to cover with the moon yeah do you want to do like we did before and cover the symbols oh absolutely for the degrees of the zodiac and then i just want to touch on some uh tools for people to learn how to work with the moon as before we wrap up yeah all right cool so with the symbols just to reiterate we round up. So my uh, symbol would be for 21 degrees of Virgo because my moon's at 20. And the Sabian symbol is a girl's basketball team. And I find this very curious. One, because I actually did play basketball for a number of years in grade school. And <laughs> I feel like with the Virgo energy, learning how to be non-judgmental in particular, which is one of the big lessons with that energy, not perfectionism or not a perfectionist is also very big. So one of the best ways to learn how to express the lighter side of the energy is by being on a team and being in a team environment because you have to learn how to work with other people, especially when you're playing a sport because you all have to work as this giant mesh of um, 
practicing together and learning plays together and getting kind of that hive mind vibe, especially on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. So I find that very curious as far as being the symbol that embodies the energy of the degree, but also very much about embodying the, the higher expression of Virgo energy. That's really interesting. Yeah. And then for you, for 18 degrees of cancer, a hen scratching for her chicks. <laughs> these names on some of these, they crack me up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where this one's going. <laughs> With the I know. I had, like, when you said it, I had a general idea of this one. I'm like, I'm scratching my head right now. <laughs> so that could be one to marinate on. I mean, I had to kind of marinate a little bit on mine too for this one. But remember, the moon's more of a subconscious energy. Uh-huh. And and cancer is that maternal energy and that yin energy. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I did break out my circular temple books once again for this. And so we'll just start, we'll just do the, um, the first one for these because they all build on each other. So for you, the, um, the title for Cancer 18 is Audacity in Encountering What is Difficult and or Dangerous. And the first symbol in these is the Omega symbol. So for you, it's gnomes creating beautiful and ornate metalwork. And the description is, to create such metal work as the gnomes are creating requires the force of fire and hammering and patience in the slow shaping. This is hard work. You like it. You want to do it with others. You want your skills and their skills to be coordinated. They must be. And it can't be just for practical reasons. There must be beauty in the result and you would prefer for it to be intricate. Your hearty love of such things can bring harmony and enthusiasm to the collective work. That seems to be pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. I think and so too. As you were saying it, I was actually um, seeing the scene in um, I think it was Endgame, maybe it was the one before that, but where uh, Thor had to get his hammer re- redone. Oh, yeah. And that whole scene, like, what, like, came back, and I was, as you were talking, it was, like, playing out in my, in my mind, um, and it's, and how it was unfolding was almost exactly how you were, like, saying, like, it's hard work. Um, but you like to do what you do and like it's intricate and like I'm like just as you're saying like different parts of it just start flowing in Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's like it's important and and for him in that moment it was like extremely important because it kind of helped bring his identity back but also so that he could go out and help others Mm. yeah yeah that's very cool Oh, interesting how things- and it has like a silvery quality to it too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, for twenty-one Virgo, and the title for mine is 
clearer and clearer assessment of the past or finding one's way through uncertainty. And the omega symbol is a geologist studying bands of rocks in a cliff. And it says, you see how one thing gives rise to another, how energy builds up in patterns. This intuitive understanding of the past can greatly help you to see where we are now and how we got here. It can also provide us was the key to how to undo or reverse that which needs to be redeemed. You sense all this and use it, though often you may have no idea quite how you do. Oh my God, I feel like that just like spot on for you. Yeah, (laughs) it totally is. And that's the whole thing too. Virgo energy is very much about processes Uh so processes relating to like all the things it's it's a very analytical sign Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's it can get caught in the weeds when it comes to details so one of my biggest lessons with having not just my moon in Virgo but a couple other planets as well is kind of the polarity of the sign which is that Piscean energy which is very much about letting go and surrender and being in the moment and kind of riding the wave, like think of the ocean. Yeah. And it's so hard to not want to control. And that's been one of my biggest lessons. And one of the things that helped me so much in learning that is meditation. So it's very important to not get caught in the weeds of the details, especially for me, because I have an energetic signature or, you know, I guess imbalance in my chart with having more planets on the one side of the polarity. Um, Not knowing how I got to a certain thing, but being okay with getting there and what resulted is now very much um, something that I would call an asset or a talent, but being okay with the process is been a big lesson. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, and just doing things, even though I might not be okay with the, like how I'm doing them, we're diving into something, not knowing how to do it mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. That's been challenging too. Not having a plan. <laughs> Like several years ago, doing this podcast, I would have had pages and pages of notes that would like resemble a script. But now I just have key points and I'm okay with elaborating and speaking and just sort of letting it flow. Yeah, I I feel like I sometimes am the opposite where I so much like trust on it that sometimes I do need the right key points so that I can make sure I hit them. Mm-hmm. But then I got to remember to open my eyes to actually read my notes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But when you're in those states, it's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was just remembering when you touched on what the planets were in your your chart um, with your moon. I remembered you said something about, you said mentioned with um, how close one of the planets is in the sun and how it affects mm-hmm. it. Is that the same thing with the moon? 
does it. Yeah. Well, yeah, for me especially, because I'm in a dark moon. I was born under a dark moon. So that balsamic phase is when we don't see the moon at all. Yeah. And having that that energy of my moon being something as like a lifelong journey of discovering what my moon really means. Yeah, because I have I have uh, Saturn, I think, right up against my moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, so the moon's light will not block out another planet. So as far as it being under the beams, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. But as far as it being close to the sun, yes, as far as just being in that balsamic phase. Yeah, and I was thinking about it. I'm like, you always talk about like uh, Saturn being sent to the principal office or... Mm-hmm. father and I'm like oh I got the father and the mother like sitting right next to each other you do you do and you have Saturn in a sign opposite that it rules so yeah and lies the the layers and how that planet expresses yeah we'll have to come back for another lessons on Saturn mm-hmm. especially Saturn and moon together that's usually one of the more challenging combination yeah so how can somebody work with the moon the best way is visually it's so easy to see it and it's always changing so just that making that visual connection is i think the best way always with the planet or a luminary when it's visible other ways are we talked about the progress chart a little bit last time so one of the other things that i look at is the progressed moon and because it's the fastest moving planet, the progressed moon changes houses and signs every two and a half years. So the degree and the house of the progressed moon means something in terms of general themes in a person's life. And also the phase of the progressed moon has a great deal of impact and meaning in the chart. The progressed moon and where the moon is in the sky at the time of a reading is something that I always, always, always incorporate. Very, very, very important. The other thing on a monthly basis you can work with is lunar return charts. So when your when your moon returns to the same degree that it was when you were born, there's a chart for that. So you can look at that and it's very important to pay attention to the house, but I also look at the, the rising sign for that chart just to see kind of what my the vibe of my personal lunar month will be. And then there's other things just like if you have your chart and you can look up what sign the moon is in, you'll know what house of your chart it's going through. So it's very helpful to pay attention to that and just kind of check in with yourself and see if the moon's in say your third house for those two and a half days, if you're having dreams or memories or things that relate to siblings or um, uh, communication, (laughs) what your dreams are telling you in particular. So it's very, very curious. I did it for an entire year where I tracked the moon by house and by sign and the patterns that it revealed were very, very, very interesting and very telling. So if you know your chart, uh, that's really an easy thing to work with, especially with dream work. If you, if you choose to do that, if you're a dreamer and you do journaling, it's just another layer that you can add to it to get a deeper meaning. And then the other thing too, that's like an ancient practice is planting crops and gardening with the moon, with the lunar cycles. So planting seeds when it's the new moon energy and then harvesting when it's full, those are just ancient practices that have been incorporated, you know, for lifetimes. 
Yeah, that's. I I don't think people um, connect that, you know, to gardening and planting seeds and stuff with the yeah. the moon, but it has been such a big part of of um, you know how the ancient lived, and the moon has been so impactful in every. Uh, what am I the word I'm looking for? I want to say tribe, but like every community throughout all mm -hmm. history, it has played a big part. Mm -hmm. And it's played a big part in women because that's like our cycles. That's how we used to all revolve around the moon cycles. Mm -hmm. And uh, the communities would, would go through the cycle together. Mm -hmm. And now we're all over exactly. the place. Yeah, just getting back in touch with those natural rhythms of life. And mm -hmm. they're, we're so connected to the moon. I mean, we sometimes don't even realize it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you had recommend, and I actually have it. It's at home, though. I forgot to pack it with me. The, um, was it the wee moon? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are calendars that you can get that have the phases per day, mm -hmm. phases and signs, and all the new and full moons, all the dates and everything. It just makes it so easy to work with. And I, I wanted to say too, that I lit it before we started. I have a moon intention candle, which I'll pull into my new moon ceremonies sometimes. So just, you know, having that too is a simple way to work with it. And I know a lot of people like to work with the full moon. Um, if you're only working with the full moon, I encourage people to start working with the new moon. And then yeah branching out to like all the all the cycles of the moon you know maybe moving to the quarter moons and just kind of going through that because they all they do really all have an impact on your life yeah yeah and new moons are times of setting intentions and what you want to manifest in, in on a bigger level for the next six months and then full moons are times of gratitude and release yeah and uh yeah. And we Anything? Have that. Go ahead. I was just going to say we have that solar eclipse coming up on the 10th. Oh, yes. On the 10th, right before my birthday. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because it'll be visible here. Oh, good. At, At what time? I was going to say um, 5.30 a.m. It'll be the maximum eclipse. Uh, it's a total eclipse, but we won't see the totality here, but we'll get a good percentage of the, of the sun covered. So um, right at sunrise, if you want to watch it with the glasses, of course, <laughs> don't look at it directly. Um, but at 5.30 a.m., we should see a pretty thick crescent of the sun, mostly covered by the moon. If, if the weather's good, I'm going to try and watch it. I will be in an airplane at that hour. Dang it. <laughs> well there's a bunch of websites that actually broadcast the video so you can go watch the replay um, 5 30 my flight lands at 6 a.m in philadelphia well you might still be able to see it because uh, that's just the maximum eclipse but it'll still be going on on you know an hour or two before that and an hour or two after yeah and i don't think i have a window seat this time mm. darn it <laughs> I'll well, if I can <laughs> move my seat now you could try that'd be cool because that'd be cool to see it from the airplane altitude yeah i wonder what that would look like 
I don't know. But the, but the website that I like to uh, use for this kind of stuff is timeanddate.com. And you mm-hmm. can kind of see like the projected path and where it's visible and times and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, I've, I've, you've sent me there before and I've looked things up. It's really interesting. And mm-hmm. um, I've gotten a lot of information from there. It's been helpful. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. So any other final thoughts? No, just like we said before, with the eclipse energy, it's just sort of better to protect your energy and kind of go within rather than doing big ceremonies or anything like that. So just to reiterate that point as well. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell everybody where they can reach you? I am at my website, ursaalchemy.com and on Instagram at ursaalchemy and also at Sea Goddess Healing Arts on Facebook, website, and Instagram, and YouTube. We just launched our YouTube channel today, and I have an interview up on there, and as well as a lot of very cool material with my, my partners. So check that all out for more information. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with me again. I really appreciate it, and I really uh, love all your wisdom and knowledge that you bring forward and lend to my community and uh, so grateful to have you here. Thanks Val, always appreciate it. You're welcome. You can find me at intuitivehearthealer.com or on Facebook and Instagram at intuitivehearthealer. Um, Until next time, go out and spread some love in this world today. Have a great day, everybody, and enjoy working with the moon.